the Lone Star State. The sounds of a, what would you say, 2019 white four-door Jeep Wrangler, baby. In other words, something I probably shouldn't be driving and almost surely is going to get us in trouble. Is this the most exotic vehicle we've, uh, we've done the, the car cast, would you uh, say? Yeah, that's possible. I mean, we, we're pretty traditional, so yeah, probably. I like it. I want one. Yeah, I know you do. You like toys. I'm not a toy. You're not guy. a toy guy. No. I have a really good friend. You met my good friend Casty, one of my best friends, the guy that was yes. the best man in my wedding when we were out in California. He used to joke that when other kids had um, toys and specifically had like action figures, that I had stocks and bonds. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. No, no. <laughs> Doesn't sound right. At Judges all. would have accepted media guides <laughs> and uh, spoiling news baseball almanacs dating back to the 30s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So lots of news going on. We're in Fort Worth, Texas, for Winthrop and Texas Christian tonight. Weird travel, a game a thousand miles or fifteen hundred miles from home, and we are traveling day of the game. So we got up bright and early today and took the second flight as it would be to uh, Dallas Fort Worth and we rented the Jeep and we went to shoot around and now we're headed to Dealey Plaza. I think it's going to be a good game tonight. Should be a really good game tonight. You know, Winthrop's coming off two losses uh, taking on a TCU team that has two losses. The two losses have been by uh, what combined four points so it's been two close games for them. Uh, Desmond Bain is their uh, returning senior Guy's a really good score. We actually found out the other day at practice, uh, actually was recruited uh, by uh, Pat Kelsey at Winthrop and was kind of involved in a bunch of uh, Winthrop-like schools and, and some other he chose bigger schools TCU in the Midwest. over Miami, Ohio. Yeah, and, uh, and Pat said he kind of blew up late in the recruiting process, and they really thought they had a good chance, good chance at him. And, you know, Winthrop's Josh Ferguson coming off a 32-point game in the loss to Coastal Carolina, so... Yeah, it's a good measuring stick game for this team. I just got honked up for the first time in Texas. It nice. won't be the last. No, it will not be. It won't be the last. Um, the Lone Star State. Yeah, so looking forward to, to the game tonight. And lots going on in the sports world. We need to get back talking about the NFL. But I think you have to start with baseball and the Garrett Cole contract. And that makes the Yankees starting rotation just crazy, right, with uh, Tanaka and Severino and you throw Garrett Cole in there. The Yankees now feel a bit like the Astros did yeah. last year. Yeah. The Astros who made the World Series but did not win the World Series. No, and obviously there's some swirl around them and you know their cheating scandal with uh, recognizing change-ups with banging on garbage cans and uh, the roof of dugouts and, and the like, so... I was joking with uh, some friends of mine that are huge Yankee fans. I said, does, uh, does Garrett Cole bring his uh, cheating scheme to the, or the Astros' alleged cheating scheme to the Yankees uh, to help to help the Yankee hitters? Well, and, and, nobody... they're, and they're not going to have Didi Gregorius. He signed a one-year deal with the Phillies to be reunited with Joe Girardi. Nobody knows more about cheating than your favorite franchise, though. They are embroiled wow. in another scandal. You know, I was talking to uh, some friends of mine that are Patriots fans, and... There, I, you know, it's it's starting to wear thin, right? I mean, you know, now in this latest, they've lost the benefit of the doubt. Absolutely, no there's doubt. been no too question. many no things question. that have happened. No question, no question, and it's almost like one thing after another. I mean, you know, it started with 
obviously the original taping scandal, uh, you know, with the Jets, and then Deflate Gate, and then uh, you know Robert Kraft and you know his uh, summer adventures or actually winter adventures, uh, and now this. And you know the the premise is that if you haven't heard the story, and I'm sure you have, but the premise basically is You've that he's been hiding under a rock. Well, the premise is Kraft Productions, which is a separate wholly owned subsidiary or, you know, or something of the like, a separate company from the Patriots, uh, they produce these um, do-your-job features for the Patriots. And because the Patriots uh, had a big game against the Chiefs, that the in-house people weren't able to, um, to film this story on a scout who just happened to be uh, in Cincinnati. Well, he's the advanced scout, so I shouldn't make it sound like... Uh, but maybe the coincidence is that they picked that week to do the story on... Well, that's it. On, uh, they play the yeah, Bengals this week. They play the Bengals. Um, and so, apparently... It, it, now, what I last read this morning, Dave, and I haven't confirmed this, uh, I believe it to be true. We have our bearded cart cast... Uh, sources. Yeah. No, but one thing I read was that, uh, supposedly, this was a Cleveland-based crew. Oh. Freelancers? Uh, freelancers, yeah. But so the long and short of it is they're taking video of this scout and they did the, everything before the game. And then during the game, they recorded about eight minutes of the first quarter. Um, and a Bengals official wisely caught on that something was amiss. It reminds me on a much smaller scale of you and I years ago doing a video broadcast of the winter women's basketball game against, I think it was Campbell, and there was somebody on the sideline oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. filming. Like, I had yeah. a video camera yeah. out filming. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know what happens? Not really. No, no, no. It seems to no. only happen with the Patriots yeah. and maybe occasionally Campbell women's basketball. Yeah, right, right, right. But it, what bothers me, though, Dave, and, you know, and I've, I've written about this in the past, and I think we may even have talked about this, but... And maybe I'm just a, a sucker and a little naive, but, you know, I've always felt like winning, while important, winning with integrity matters. Um, and, I, you know, you look at what the Astros... Does that cause you trouble cheering for the Patriots who win, but the integrity portion were kind of in a very fine My line? My first reaction when I first saw this story was, oh, goodness. And then, it's, and then it, the spin was, no, this is completely innocent. And I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe... Maybe they didn't. And then you read further, and it's like eight minutes of just filming nothing but the sideline. I mean, I, you and I are not photographic <laughs> geniuses, but you don't need eight minutes of B-roll. Hi, I'm not a photographic genius. I wanted eight consecutive yeah. minutes yeah. of this just very yeah. arbitrary sideline. Well, it, no, but I think you hit the nail on the head, Dave. It takes the benefit of the doubt. And it does. It, it's starting to be concerning to me. You know, it's like... You know, you want to feel good about. I like that it's starting right towards the end of the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick era. Like, right, like right. you'll get over it. You know, all those championship rings. I, I think, I think you'll you'll make it through. But you know what's funny too, though? It's like, you know, do they do they not worry about the other teams because this is a new coach and they didn't have his signal, so they had to get. Hold on one second. Get new, so we gotta get to, we're gonna need a yeah, turn lane. Yeah, you know, we're gonna try not to die. We're gonna yeah, try yeah, not yeah, to yeah. get a ticket. I'm not sure I'd bet on either of them happening, but so far so good. Yeah. I mean, we just made a right turn from the middle lane. What's the big deal? <laughs> and nobody honked. What's the big deal? It's a nice little uh, river. If right you were there. making a right turn from the middle lane, would you signal? Would I signal? I mean, yeah. If, I didn't signal. Yeah, I would. No, I mean, no at the very signal. least, you should signal and as you're cutting somebody off. And then yeah. a polite wave. <laughs> you might get the uh, Larry Glick salute coming back at we you. We are now on the Chisholm Trail. The Chisholm Trail. Chisholm Trail. Bum-ba-doo-da, bum-ba-da-da, <laughs> in, the, in the 1800s. 
when TCU was established, they built a campus or they planned to build a oh, campus on the in Trail? Fort Worth. Yeah. Well, between the acquiring the land and them starting a build, the Chisholm Trail became very, very popular. The Chisholm Trail is the main cattle route from Dallas to Kansas oh, City. Yeah. And it attracted um, not the people that the two brothers who were preachers and educators right. wanted around their private religious university. Right. These cowboys wanted uh, more <laughs> uh, more of the delectable uh, entertainment options of the day. Right. So the university decided not to move in with the saloons and the gambling right. parlors and kind of... Although, wouldn't you think that'd be good for business? <laughs> the Red Light District. Yeah. And they moved the school about 40 miles away. And then um, they ran out of room on the outskirts of yeah. the Dallas area. So they moved to Waco for a few years. And then they had a fire. Oh. There was a fire on campus, some buildings right. were destroyed, and they were going to rebuild with insurance money in Waco, but some businessmen in Fort Worth said, we want you back. Yeah. They gave them 200 grand, which was the equivalent of $5 million in the early 1900s and 50 acres, and that's why TCU is located about three miles from downtown Fort Worth. Oh, that's an interesting story. And it's... now you know the, the rest, rest of, of the story. story. Thanks, Dave Harvey. I would like to know the rest of the Patriot story, though, because y you just, all of those things, maybe in each individual one, you can come up with a narrative to believe them. But when collectively put together, it's just hard to imagine that there isn't something shady going on. You know what this reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of the, the steroid era in baseball where you had guys that were alleged to have used steroids that didn't need to use steroids. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's where the integrity and that's where the disappointment comes in. And, and again, it's two different scenarios. I mean, you know, and I'm not making excuses for the baseball players, but in that case, um, and it's not so much that they're, you know, some of the guys obviously were doing steroids to en enhance their performance as far as doing more and doing better. A lot of guys... We're doing it to enhance their performance in the sense of recovering quicker so they could continue and be consistent. So, um, you know, this is, you know, the woeful Cincinnati Bengals, and you're going to uh, steal their signals? I mean, you can't beat them straight up? Teams that cheat, though, don't sometimes cheat. They cheat all the time. Well, don't forget the, the NASCAR anthem is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Right. That, that might or you be ain't, the, you ain't that, cheating, you ain't trying. That might be the Patriots' uh, anthem, too. I mean, and you mentioned the Astros cheating with the banging on the garbage cans and, and all of that. I mean, I think there are going to be repercussions. I think baseball is going to suspend Jeff Lunau and maybe A.J. Hinge. The interesting part will be how long. If it's 10 games, nobody gives a hoot. It's an 162-game well, season. What, and I'm thinking more specifically from a Red Sox perspective. What about Alex Cora? Yeah. I mean, he was a coach on that staff. I mean, do you, do you just ding the management? Do you ding the, you know? I mean, I think the biggest statement in all of these was made when Sean Payton was given a year. Yeah. A and if you don't come down really hard, nobody's going to listen to the rules. No, I 100% agree with that. 
And, and I know some people might say, well, yeah, but it, it's, you know, cheating in baseball has been around forever. That doesn't make it right. You know, it just, just doesn't make it right. You cannot like the rules, but you signed up to play. Right, you have to play by it. I'm Dave Brinkman. Interesting day for us today. We left Charlotte Douglas Airport early. We are in Fort Worth. We are headed to Dealey Plaza to check out that very, very historic site. We will not be videoing anything ourselves, no. though. That, no. that, that would be unforgivable. But we didn't have time uh, to uh, properly... And I'm not even sure why we had to secure a permit, but... Uh, they thought we were, we were considered more a like motion a, picture. Well, well, that, that's part of the that's part of it. It, it. it was we were not deemed a news organization. We were deemed more of a commercial operation. So uh, we needed at least forty eight hours. You would have thought, with all the paperwork and all the permitting, that it was Steven Spielberg coming to shoot. Well, and I will say this though: uh, the fine folks at the uh, special events at uh, the Dallas. Uh, the city of Dallas. I mean, they, these are Mike's words. Fine folks. Well, I mean, they could have completely ignored us. I mean, they called True. us back and then they sent us because we had some follow up questions. Like, we found we thought was maybe a loophole about sidewalks, but it, it just it wasn't worth risking uh, the so reputation of the university. We're going to this historic site and we're going to put together something, but we're not really sure what we're going to be allowed to do. Yeah. And then we're going to eat at a Carter Blackburn restaurant. Yeah, well, now give me some information on this place. You know, I haven't spent the time to look up a lot about it. He just said it's where the common man in Fort Worth goes. You're gonna, oh. you're gonna meet the locals. You're gonna enjoy the atmosphere. I think it's pretty close to uh, the university, and his recommendations have been a hundred percent spot on. And, good. He, and, and those are the places he has sent us in the past. Exactly. And then um, now we're thinking like brisket and ribs and that type I of place. I don't know. I'm thinking more lunch counter type okay. place. But I really, like I maybe really a burger don't and dog joint. Yeah, something like that. And then um, we did find that there's an In-N-Out Burger here. In-N-Out Burger, and a Water Burger. Burger. It's Texas. If they, it, 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 everything's bigger in Texas. Exactly, including the way you get yeah. in and around DFW. That is an amazingly. I've only been in the terminal, kind of like that Tom Hanks movie. Uh, I, I'd only been in there once. Did you live there for several <laughs> no, years? No, I didn't. You didn't know that about on the me? way back. You're not. You're not doing the Furman game Saturday. Yeah, yeah. You're going to live in DFW. Yeah. He lived in JFK. I'm going to live in the in Panera Bread there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I'm going to. I'm going to find a, an empty wing and just kind of hang out for a month. All right. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened to uh, what's her face, the actress that was in that, um, the British gal, married to Michael Douglas. Hey. Got a I know, much I better know, chance I know, of coming I up with it than I, I do. Email us, beardedcarcast at outlook.com. <laughs> so, we, we mentioned the Patriots' latest scandal, but what about the Patriots on the field? Yeah, I, I, and that's to me, has become the big, I mean, not the bigger issue, but the on-field performance. And you know, Dave, I mean, and people listening to the Bearded Carcast for the last uh, 15 episodes, this is episode 16, by the way. You know, I, I was Season very, 3. Season 3, yeah. I was very bullish on them. Yeah, I think we're like... Uh, 
70 or 80? When we get to 100 episodes, are we going to do, we a, do, we a do blow out the budget? We might have to do a... You know, we should hire, if anybody wants to uh, volunteer for this, go back and take clips and do like a 100-episode retrospective. Oh, yeah. They're going to be swarming <laughs> the inbox for that. Maybe some of our friends in West Africa. Bearded cock. <laughs> Hey, friend, I'll give you $50 to listen to 40 episodes. So let's rank the three AFC teams that seemingly have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Well, now I think... We'll we'll put a fourth team in. So you've got Kansas City, who beat the Patriots in New England. And you've got Baltimore, who beat the Patriots in Baltimore. And the Patriots and the field. Those are your four Super Bowl contenders in the AFC. How do you rank them? I think you'd have to rank them today... Uh, based on what we've seen is Baltimore won. Uh, to me, even though Kansas City went to New England and won, uh, it's, it's a little bit of a toss-up still for me. I think that Patriots defense is really good. But I would put Kansas City 2, Patriots 3, and the field 4. Okay, so you think those three all have a better chance than everyone else combined? I think I agree with you. I, I like... Well, I mean, I mean, Pittsburgh. Does Pittsburgh scare you? Do the Bills? I mean, the Bills maybe, no. but I, I mean, the Bills. No, don't... I don't like either of them. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think the Bills are really well coached. They have a good general manager. They have a good system. I think they lack talent. Yeah. I think they're getting everything out of them that right. they're going to get. Right. And you've got Duck Hodges, who's played perfectly fine for Pittsburgh. And I think their defense is actually pretty good, but they look like a run-of-the-mill, yeah. average sort of team. And is this maybe one of uh, Mike Tomlin's better coaching jobs? No question. Yeah, no no question. He's done a really good job. But I, I don't think they're winning multiple playoff games, particularly on the road. If Kansas City and New England were to play again, I think the big key is where is the game played? Kansas Definitely. City now has the... Tiebreaker, if they, tie if they have the same record, yeah. Right, so it kind of depends what happens. But I don't think the Patriots are losing another game during the regular season, do you? Not based on the schedule. I mean, they do have Cincinnati, and now that they have their game calls, you know. They I have mean, Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati, Buffalo, and Miami. Yeah, I mean, you would think two out of three. No, I think three out of three. No, but I mean, I think a minimum two out of three. But if they win three, they're going to host a playoff yeah. game, right? Right. Yeah, right now, it's they're two, Baltimore's one. And I don't see a reason to believe that's going to change. Yeah. So if that's the case, if the road for the Patriots is have to beat Kansas City at home and go to Baltimore and win, their chances of doing that are what? I mean, today, without figuring out their offense, I think it's kind of slim. This feels like the college football playoff to me where I think Clemson is the best team, yeah. but Clemson and Ohio State is a freaking war. Just like yeah. Kansas City and the Patriots would be a war. Whereas, well, and I you, think and the you other could say this in defense of the Patriots, too. Game. I mean, now the Patriot loyalists would tell you that the officiating in that game was horrible. Well, it was. It, 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 it wasn't good. And there were several calls that went against the Patriots, the one that looked like it was going to be a defensive score yeah. in particular. That's a little bit Belichick's fault, though. Well, not that one. The, the touchdown the down. Touchdown, right, because the they'd already line, burned a challenge. challenge. Yeah. Right. And, and I thought it was a bad challenge in the first half, even though he yeah. was trying for both pass interference and uh, the spot. But I didn't think his chances of winning were real good. That comes back to bite you. But, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, I think that would be a really good game. But the Patriots at Kansas City likely have to win two very difficult games, with the second being at Baltimore. Right. Whereas Baltimore... 
you know, whoever it is, Buffalo or, or Pittsburgh, I think they're going to win that game. They're going to be hosting the AFC Championship game. Because of that, they have to be the big favorite. When you look at the college football playoff, I don't think Oklahoma, in comparison, is as bad as Baltimore or Pittsburgh. I think Oklahoma's chances of beating um, LSU are greater than the Steelers' chances or the Bills' chances of winning at Baltimore. But it's the easy road that LSU has, whereas Clemson and Ohio State have that really hard semifinal. If you're not picking based on odds, if you're not picking, if you're picking strictly based on who has the best chance to win, LSU has the easiest path, yeah. and Baltimore by far has the easiest path. I would agree with that. Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, in Baltimore, it's been fun to see Lamar Jackson. I got to see a, a game that he did against BC. It was actually in Louisville a couple years ago. I was helping out on the broadcast. Um, BC ended up winning the game. That was the game A.J. Dillon ran for like 200 yards, and I think A.J. Dillon's still running. Um, over he's that running defense. to the NFL. He's running to the NFL. He's, he's that's, not... right. that's right. Yeah, he's he's uh, foregoing his senior year. Great running back. I, he'd be good. You know, he'd be a good compliment to. Uh, you know, I don't think he, too be... much clout at one position. Yeah. Can't put can't put your draft clout behind McCaffrey. All your money no. behind McCaffrey. No, no, no. And no. Then... That would be a good pick, but it's not going to be the pick. The pick's going to be you know either a stud defensive uh, and you know edge rusher, possibly quarterback, depending on what they do with Cam Newton. It should be best uh, available. Or or running back. I mean, not running back. Or offensive line. Yeah, it'll probably be based on what I've seen in the past. It'll probably, hey, we're going to Arlington. Not the Arlington I grew up in, but, um, yeah. I mean, and it, and our draft extravaganza is months away, so we don't have to worry oh, about I that. I can't wait for it. Will somebody else be hosting that one? It might be right around the 100, uh, 100 episodes. Oh, a blowout for the NFL draft. Yeah. I like that. Darren Gant, Reggie Walker, and uh, Jeff Schwartz can do that. We're yeah. off that week. <laughs> we're off that week. Um, what about the NFC playoff picture? You watched New Orleans and San Francisco after we saw San Francisco and Baltimore play that war. It's You can argue who is the best team by small margins, but San Francisco is one of the best teams in the NFL. Now, they lost their center, that's tough. They lost a wide receiver. That's no good. But everybody at this point in the year Everyone's is banged, banged up. up. I mean, the, the Saints lost their edge rusher. Right. I would say, to me, the, the road in the NFC is out west. It goes through San Francisco. If you were to rank San Francisco, Seattle, New Orleans, and Green Bay, how would you I do would, so? I think I would go in the order you just mentioned. Although, San Francisco, Seattle, San Francisco, Orleans, Seattle. Although I'm not confident in two and three, I, I think you can flip flop those two. I, I really think New Orleans, San Francisco, and Seattle are very much on the same plane. I do not see Green Bay in the same light. Well, I we think, haven't liked them for the last couple of weeks. I was down on them at the beginning of the year. They started the year, whatever it was, four or five and zero. Yeah. But I thought they played sloppy early, beating Minnesota. I thought they played sloppy beating. Chicago. They got lucky to beat a so-so Detroit team. I, I just well, that's where I drank the New England Kool-Aid. Was you know they had a bunch of tomato cans in the first ten games, and that's what you have to like about Baltimore. If you think like I do, the best division in the NFL is the one with Seattle, the Rams, San Francisco, and Arizona. Baltimore swept that division. Yeah, I mean, 
the Patriots are where they are in large part because of their schedule. The Ravens are where they are because they've earned it on the field. Yeah. I mean, what is the knock on Baltimore right now? The knock on Baltimore is that we're going by uh, Jerry's World. We're on Nolan Ryan Expressway. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should have done on stand-up. Yeah. I'm trying to get a picture for John, but we've dipped underneath the roadway here. So, my son has become a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I don't get this at all. I don't either. You're a Patriots fan. Your wife is a Giants fan. You work for the Panthers. Yeah. But, yeah, somehow... Um, it's pretty new. Yeah. It's No, it's... I, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Maybe in the way back we'll get a better picture. <laughs> like, but what a weird franchise to jump on the bandwagon. He must have a friend or a teacher that's a Cowboys Yeah, that's fan. what I'm thinking, too. I'm going to have to monitor the situation, but... Uh, no, but to get back to the, uh, well, and that's a good story too because the uh, you know the Eagles you know scraped by a win Monday night against the Giants. They stink. The Eagles stink. The Cowboys stink. They both stink. Yeah. I mean, the, and one of those teams is going to play Seattle or San Francisco in the first round yeah. of the playoffs. Yeah. Good freaking luck. Yeah, I mean, I I slightly felt bad for Eli that they didn't win that game, but. He won two games he shouldn't have in the Super Bowl, so. (laughs) (laughs) At least one. You know, the the Cowboys are an interesting talking point with the Yankees going out and signing Garrett Cole because those are two of the the franchises in football and in baseball. Obviously, the big difference is the salary cap. There's a salary cap in the NFL, but, like, doesn't it feel like the Yankees after for a period of time being semi-disciplined and trying to do it the right way and have their own guys are like, we haven't won in a decade and by God, that changes no matter what it costs. Well, that's a big part of it. You know, that's a franchise that just, you know, they, they everybody says they aim for championships every year. There's a handful in every sport, maybe less, that actually have the ability to say that year after year. Our good friend Gary McCann, the old writer for the Rock Hill Herald, the followed Indiana with Bob Knight and North Carolina with Roy Williams. He and I were talking several weeks ago and he goes, you know, I'm I'm in my 70s. This is the first decade yeah. that the Yankees haven't won a World Series. But, you know, just because you have a ton of dough doesn't give you... It shouldn't give you the confidence to think you can win every year. What do you it's make, how you spend that dough. It, that's exactly right. So what do you make of Garrett Cole getting... 11 years and over $300 million. He's what, 31? Right. But isn't there like a uh, like an outclause or like a de-escalator or something? They, they kind well, of put in a, a Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah, there is something there. But, uh, like, what do you think? I don't like spending big money on pitchers over the age of 30. Right. I mean, like, you have to hope he's just... Not for long-term lander. deals. Like, if you want to give him... What does that even equate to? Like, uh... 35 a year, something like that. Yeah, 35 a year. I mean, if you, I would, I would have been okay with like a, uh, you know, maybe three, three at 90 or you know, three at 100 or something. Like Somebody that. else would offer more. I know. I, I just don't like that type of. I mean, again, I know there's some language in there that they, don't, you know, they might be able to get out of it. I just think it's really interesting that like it. Maybe he's going to be Justin Verlander and he's going to pitch well between the ages of 35 and 42. But more likely, he's going to be Madison Bumgarner, who is really good but not great anymore. 
and he's going to get a huge contract too. But the Giants got his best days, and yeah. it's reasonable to think that Garrett Cole's best days are right now or immediately behind us, and they're going to be five or six or seven years of Albert Pujols-like yeah. contract attached to this. How have the Angels done since Albert Pujols has been there, despite having the best player in baseball? Yeah, and... and- middle, right? I mean, and Mike Sosha, who's arguably one of the better managers, uh, you know, they, they couldn't make it work there. Uh, you know, Mike Trout is the best player, you know, if not the best, he's one of top four or five in, in Major League Baseball. The and, numbers would tell you he's the best, yeah. and they haven't been able to win. Now, what do you make of the Steven Strasburg contract? Yeah, I mean, these are, these are deals that are, talk about setting the market, right? I mean... It's just, it seems to me it's really hard now. Either you're signing what very well may end up being albatross contracts, yeah. or you don't get those players. Get like, those like, if you had on well, It's kind of like baseball, right? I mean, it's like the NBA a little bit. I mean, but except for like role players. You got to overplay on role players. Well, but the NBA has a salary cap. Yeah. Like, the Yankees can sign Garrett Cole, and if he's no good. They can suck they it can up suck and write them right. checks right. And, and not worry about right. it. Right, right. Well, there's only a handful of teams that can do that, but Th- yeah. But that's that's baseball's yeah. issue. That like, if you're the Dodgers or you're the Yankees, there's margin for error. You're the Red Sox. You make a bad signing, yeah. not the end of the world. Right. If you're the A's or the Rays or, quite frankly, the Indians are talking about trading Francisco Lindor. Jeez. Like. Yeah. The Indians have been a winning franchise, a profitable franchise, but they're a small market franchise. They could never consider a contract like this. I read something today, uh, you know, one of those like MLB sources type deals, but the Astros might be willing to trade uh, Carlos Correa. Yeah, I, I saw that. I mean, the, the Astros are in a unique situation. They have so many good young young players players, that they can kind of and that's totally to their credit I mean they've developed players they've drafted well they've done all of those things so like they have some flexibility on who they can trade and what they can get and what contracts they can take on and and so forth but the A's largest contract is still Eric Chavez and they gave him like I forget what it was five years and 60 million dollars and like to think of paying someone a hundred million dollars or three hundred million dollars is just absolutely crazy and like to me that's a problem and maybe the problem is that I cheer for a small market team that can't compete at least in the other sports you have a salary cap and like you can make choices but you're not going to be able to do everything forever because eventually that cap is going to slap back at you but what's interesting about the NBA salary cap is there's still a gulf between the haves and the have nots well there's the bird exemption you can re-sign your own players but eventually you get hit with a luxury tax. I mean, if you have unlimited money, you can get around it. Right. In, in the but end, just look at the, the Hornets slash Bobcats, or maybe Bobcats slash Hornets, it's, you know, however you want to phrase it. But And again, this is, I guess, more decisions on, on personnel than anything else. But they, they blew that team up, what, seven, eight years ago when they had Steven Jackson and Gerald Wallace. Right, but those guys aren't good enough anyway. No, no, but that was a team that was, they were the playoff team. It was a team that uh, the, the, the city had kind of gotten behind. The better example is Oklahoma City with Durant and Harden and yeah. Westbrook. No, but what I'm saying is, what's interesting is they blew that team up trying to be that Oklahoma City thing, and they just hasn't been able to materialize. Yeah, I mean, the Hornets' problem has been 
you like in order to get yourself in that situation, you have to have great players. Yeah. They've just never had right. great players. The NBA though does make it difficult if you make the choice to have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to really fit people around them yeah. in the. NBA or in the uh, in Major League Baseball, there's no salary cap, right. and in the NBA, you can pay the luxury tax, so at least you can get away with it for a while. In the NFL, it's a much tighter cap. This is the Bearded Card Cast with Mike Pacheco. I'm Dave Friedman. We're in Fort Worth, Texas, talking about sports that are equitable versus not equitable. We are now entering Dallas, by the way. Oh. I, I don't think I've actually ever spent any time in we Dallas. Should, we should get that. Hopefully, if I have time and want to push the limits, maybe I'll put some uh, Dallas TV show theme music behind us, Entering Dallas. Yes. It was my mom's favorite show. Was it really? among your favorites? Oh, it was on every... I think it was... Who Shot JR? It was either Dallas and then uh, Dukes of Hazard or vice versa. Maybe it was Dukes of Hazard then Dallas on Friday nights. Oh, yeah. It was huge in our house. Dallas. Huge. Who Shot JR? Right. So... When you rank all-time TV shows, right? Where does that fit? Like, like I'm gonna take you to the Museum of Television and Radio in New York City, yeah. and they give you like two hours or three hours, and they yeah. have a what library. Are you take me there? Um, I don't know. <laughs> they have a library, and then we gotta go to Foley's and wash it down with a beer. Yeah, exactly. They, they've actually changed the name. It's now like the Paley Center for Media yes, or yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But like, I've been you, there actually. You can get a two or three-hour window where they have a library of basically everything yeah. that's ever run on television. So you got your two or three hours. What are you watching? Uh, I'm going to watch Seinfeld. Just six episodes of Seinfeld? No, no, no. I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a, like a, I would probably do, um, for Seinfeld, the, uh, what's the, what, the King of the Castle. Okay. That's a good episode. Do you want me to do episode two or just series? I think episode makes sense. Is King of the Castle the one where they're in that contest? Yes, the contest. Okay. The kind. I think that's actually the name of the episode, the contest. Yes. Um, Brett, Jeremy, you guys have a thought? So I would watch. Who wins the contest? Um, a couple people bow out yeah, very yeah, yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kramer's out early. Yeah. I want to say Jerry, maybe or. Because, yeah, I think they all... I'm out! Yeah, yeah. Several are out quickly. Not the king of their own domain. Yeah, not the king of their castle. Uh, Master of their own domain, right? Yes. Um, I would say... uh, I'm going to get fuzzy on episodes. A huge mash. Loved mash. Um, Maybe not the last season, uh, but most of mash really, really well done. Huge Hogan's Heroes fan. Uh, and I would probably do um, either the first episode of Magnum PI or um, there, there was so many I think good you ones. could watch TV with my dad. Like, I think Hogan's <laughs> Heroes and MASH are two of his well, you know, five favorite you know, Bruce, all time. You know, Bruce is my guy. I, you, you're trending old. <laughs> you are trending old. Um, no, I do like, actually, and I would, just to stay um, hip with the kids, um, I would probably throw in uh, a few family guys for laughs. You and Wes. It, it, red, red. Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about you? Do you but you don't really watch TV. No, I watch TV. I mean, not, not, not. You're, you're going like to be like Super Bowl 32. Yeah. <laughs> 84 yeah. NBA Finals. Right. Yeah. I mean, if I was watching scripted television, 
I like Taxi a great deal. Oh, yeah, okay. I like Seinfeld a great deal. But, like, I'm not going to pick something that I can turn on the TV and watch. Right. I watched Seinfeld about 18 times. Right, right, right. Well, you were a big, like, Survivor guy. I day. I like Survivor a lot. Um, you like the I voice mean, or I know you can't say it anymore. The Cosby Show was a yeah, great yeah, television show, yeah. not a popular... Uh, PC choice, but it was, it was well, a, just based on how, yeah, and what people didn't realize at the time about it. Was Bill a great Cosby. show. Yeah. Um, some of the George Carlin stand up stuff, you know, is you know out of this world. You know, what's really good too is All in the Family. Yeah, the, again, you're trending old. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, Cheers? I mean, you Cheers is cheers phenomenal. Now, but do you like the Shelley Long Cheers? I like all Cheers. All Cheers. I probably preferred the uh, like Coach Shelley Long era rather than the Woody Harrelson Kirstie but it, Alley. But it was good. They were both. I mean, they, they the one thing that Cheers, you know why they called him Coach? No, never flew first class. <laughs> That's awesome. Neither did we. Neither did we. Not on this trip. So we're about. But to... But at least we got two carry-ons on this trip. Yeah. So we're about to arrive in Dealey Plaza and we will enjoy our experiencing looking at something very historic the museum is supposedly well done and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it I want to talk a little bit about college football and the playoff and the coaching carousel as well and then uh, we'll eat and we'll go broadcast the game maybe we'll wrap up the uh, Bearded Carcast a bit later Episode 16, Season 3, and this is on our way to the airport on Thursday morning after a very eventful day in Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex area. Got to meet Hardy. Yeah, our plans kind of went awry. We intended to go to one restaurant, we ended up at a different one. Um, I think that was divine intervention. Maybe it was. I, I made a friend. You made a friend. We we made a friend. We made a friend, but you didn't you understand, could understand anything better, he yeah. said. No, no, I got every like eight out of ten words. Oh well, that's pretty high. Yeah, that was good. Uh, he and I were talking about him going to high school with AC Law, the former Texas yeah. A&M point guard, and you thought we were talking about <laughs> laws in law South and Dakota. order. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was fun. That was fun. That was good. Good barbecue too. Gotta get barbecue in Texas, and and. Dealey Plaza was, you know, I, I don't want to say it was terrific. You don't want to put a positive right, note right. on a horrible moment in time, but the museum is incredibly well done. Incredibly powerful. You know, and I think, and you, we talked about this on the air last night on, during the basketball game, that, you know, we went was, to a basketball we game? We did, we did. Oh. We had Phil, right? Yeah. Um, we'll explain that one in a minute, too, but I think you're right. You don't want to be too positive about such a horrific event, but the presentation the, the setup the build up the displaying of facts uh, the artifacts the they had a, a scale model I think it was actually the model that the FBI used to figure out trajectories from Oswald's rifle uh, they had a replica of the rifle that was that and used. they really set the mood of set the, the climate mood. of the right. culture and what yeah. was going yeah. on both in yeah. Texas and in America and then they give you several 
possibilities. If you want to be a conspiracy theorist, they'll they'll tell you about those. They won't yeah. endorse them, but no. they'll say, this here are some is, of the yeah. thoughts that are out there. And if you want to believe what the Congress came yeah. with, they'll tell you that too. And they struck the balance, I think, of objectivity, which I, I think is... If you walked out of that the museum, uh, the sixth floor museum at Dealey Plaza, if you walked out of that thinking that there was an agenda or like a... Then, then that's on you. I mean, I thought it was really tastefully done. Now, do you think the people we saw taking pictures in the street with traffic yeah, driving around? Was, so, yeah, there was this family, I think it was like family of four, and two younger kids. And younger, I mean, you know, probably uh, between 8 and 10, 8 and 12. And when traffic was stopped, you know, normal stoppage of traffic, they like, the kids like ran out in the street and the parents took their pictures on the... So there's two X marks um, on uh, Elm Street, which is the, the street that uh, the motorcade was heading going into Daly Plaza. And so the, the first X is the, the first shot that goes through, the I think, the president's neck, President Kennedy's neck. And then the second one was the kill shot. I thought that was a little, uh, I don't know. I, Off-putting? It, yeah, it, it was like... Insensitive? Yes, But I don't think it was. um, How do I say this? I like. I don't think it was anything. I don't think it was a political statement. I don't think it was anything. No, neither do I. um, And I'm not entirely sure that they were citizens of the United States. Um, Not that that makes a difference, but because I think sometimes if it's not, if you don't have a, if you don't have, don't have a perspective on it. Well, perspective, and you don't have a. You know, it's a different meaning when it's your country. I think. And then I didn't see them at the basketball game, where I also <laughs> not, didn't see not. a whole lot of other people. They they claim a crowd of over 6,000, yeah. 5,000 season ticket holders. Yeah. Uh, you weren't buying it. Every single person was counted as three or four, maybe. I yeah. mean, there, there just weren't that many people there. For, for a school yeah. that has prided them on increased attendance and increased support, it wasn't there last night. Now, the but game... We- was not phenomenal, but right. no one knew that before it started. No, you know, and we start off. Let's start off with uh, we had a great pregame meal. So we left Dilly Plaza, and um, we stayed in Dallas. That we were supposed to eat somewhere in Fort Worth, but it was a place that closes at like two thirty, and it was like I don't know two fifteen. That was a Tex Mex place, and yeah. I would have liked to try Tex Mex, but I'm not. I'm not against barbecue when you're in this area. No, of course not. And so we went to this place, Hardeman's Barbecue, and. To set the scene, you know, for people that have kind of paid attention to the Bearded Carcast, you know, we like all different types of food, but we, we do like places that just have a little bit of, you know, character, a little bit of, you know, just something to it. This place fit the bill. I mean, it had been there probably, I don't know, looked like it had been there about 20 or 30 years. The, the, it was a, not, well, I guess it sort of was a chain, but not not a chain in the sense of, like, in an outburger or, or, you know, co- not a corporate chain. Uh, there were, like, four or five different locations, uh, and I think the original is no longer there. But uh, this place just had, it just oozed Texas barbecue. And when I tell you it was one of the smallest places I've ever eaten at, uh, they had two tables, literally. We sat at one. I sense that they're doing a ton of takeout. Oh, no, that's exactly, their business is definitely takeout. Definitely takeout. And that's where we met our our, our new new friend, Hardy. Good dude, went to Baylor. He was the only employee. He was the, yeah, he literally was a one-man band. I mean, he was the uh, he was the greeter, 
He was the waiter. He was the chef, and I think he was in charge of uh, cleaning the <laughs> cleaning everything. And too. all their social and digital media efforts. Yeah, there weren't a whole lot of. Them. He was great. He was he was so much fun to talk to. And so then we did our our spiel. We we did our on camera little seventy five yeah, second yeah. video. Right, right, right. And we discussed it over lunch, and I'm like, you know, maybe we should have Hardy on. And you yeah. said, yeah, let, let's do it. Let's give him an opportunity. By the way, it's uh, six fifteen a.m. and Got a we're hitting traffic some, here in the metroplex. Yeah, some some significant traffic. But uh, the, but the best was so we're we're kind of going over everything with him beforehand. You know, before we're shooting. And he's like, yeah, 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 Mike, and um, um, and then we of course start throwing random names at him. Yeah, Bob, Phil, Tony, Jack. So then we, we so we then we okay, okay, ready, okay, we got this, okay, good. And you know. You start us out, and I'm like, and I say something about you know what a great barbecue place it is. And we had a great time. It makes it makes sense to to tell the audience, the the vast bearded car cast audience, that we liked Hardy a lot, but he was a little bit difficult to understand at times. Well, but not. I mean, I thought well, he was he, he spoke a little bit low on the video, but I mean, he was fine. He was right. fine. But uh, he's so I lead it off. You know, I think I lead him into something like you know. Uh, uh, hey, you're you're a one man band, you know, but you, you know you have a great job too, and you know you cook for a lot of people, make people happy doing that. And he he starts talking like, yeah, well, you know, it's great that Mike, it's great that you and um, um <laughs> Phil, right, <laughs> right. I mean, I think mean, I said Phil. No, we did. We said yeah. Phil and then Bob and Tony and whatever. Right. Yeah, was, and then of course I started calling you Phil during the broadcast. Yeah. Something tells me this was a lot more funny to us when it was going on than retelling the story. Totally. But totally. It, it, it was funny for a moment or no, two. Maybe I'll drop it in so people can... Yeah, we enjoyed it. You can it. judge for yourselves. Yeah. Yeah, but it was, it, it, was, it was a good barbecue. We enjoyed it. Probably ate more food than we needed to, but, you know, it was good. And then we went to the game, and Winthrop didn't play bad. They did a good job on the glass, and... They didn't turn didn't it over well, a though. crazy yeah. number of times, but they just didn't. They didn't. That was one well. of those games, though, that they like. And this was kind of like the ETSU game, where it's like, you, we'll, and I had this great. I don't know. It was probably about a twenty-two inch monitor in front of me. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I mean, crystal clear HD. It was. It was. It was awesome. It was big. Mind you, you were four feet from the court, <laughs> but the monitor you really enjoyed. Well, that. and we. And again, this is like you know media. Uh, Broadcaster problems, right? So, we were opposite of the bench, which was good. And but what they did is, they had like two media tables at either end of the court, opposite the benches. So we were obviously across from the Winthrop bench, and then they had I don't know what do you think about like twenty or thirty yeah. front row chairs, and then they had the the, the home radio, the TC radio was you know on the other end of us. And one of those vantage points that we probably don't see very often except when we go to the NCAA tournament or playing in the conference. Yeah, we were down by the free throw line. Yeah, essentially. Um, so the only uh, negative was every now and then, you know, the way the officials rotate, I'd have an official in front of me. Um, and then I had this, like, you know, 25-inch monitor. It was fun. I liked it. I need one of those for uh, home games. No, I noticed the times you mentioned it on the broadcast. It seemed as though it was working well for you. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, did you see that live, or did you watch that? <laughs> Well, glad you asked, Dave. Actually, yeah. I did watch that on the monitor. So we we teased it in the first segment before we kind of started our day yesterday. After we went to shoot around and before we went to Dealey Plaza, 
the college football playoff is here, it's pretty clear that LSU has the easiest road. They yeah. play Oklahoma, whereas Ohio State and Clemson, two real Titans, match up. I don't think you can doubt or really cast significant questions on who made it. It was fairly obvious when Utah lost to Oregon that the winner of Oklahoma and Baylor was going to be in. And it should be a good playoff and a fun playoff and all of those sort of things. And I guess Paul Feinbaum was right. What did he say? He said that nobody wants to see Utah in the college playoffs. (laughs) Including Utah. Um, But we... We are looking forward to those games, and there's been a lot said, and we talked last week a bit about the playoff format. Would it be better to have more playoff games? Yada, yada, yada. The one thing about I did see yesterday, not to cut you off, but I just did, the, that if you if you looked at what the potential um, first four games would be, I think three out of the four games, uh, the, the favorite was, you know, high. Significant. Yeah. It was going to be a two or a three, four touchdown favorite but but that's not the point I mean yes that may be the true this year but that doesn't no, mean that, that, doesn't be that every last year. year no remember yeah. there was a system in place where one would play two and then in a year where there are three truly deserving teams like this you would be in a situation where one of them wouldn't make it which is just yeah. absurd no and, I, and I'm totally hold on cheeks no, hold on wait, wait, we gotta merge oh, over oh, the question <laughs> We just did another. All right, we were on a four-lane or three-lane highway, and we were in the right lane, and we just went all the way to the left to do a left exit. Right, but I gave you a warning. You did give me a warning. You did say hold on. Right, I said <laughs> hold on, cheeks. No, but I, I definitely think the I and I think we're in agreement on this one that the eight teams is definitely the way to go. I it just and I people some people think you know does it mitigate the regular season? I don't think anything. You can make the argument that anything you do is going to have some sort of impact on the on the regular. I still think it's going to matter because teams are still fighting to get in. Right, but the point I wanted to make was, oh, and you to make we have talked about this yeah. over a couple of three years now on the podcast. The problem is not the final two or four or six or eight. Right. The problem is App State. They have a tremendous season. They win 12 games. They win the conference championship game. They beat an SEC team. They beat an ACC team. And where does it lead them? To a lousy bowl that nobody cares about. Their coach leaves for a better job. And there's no reward for an unbelievable season. That's fair. Now, what, are, you, That's are you suggesting you have a... Are you just... Are you just the laying out the issue, or are you saying... At the beginning of the year, yeah. App State has to have something to play for. Right. They can't know that we can have almost a perfect season. Let's right. say they had beaten Georgia Southern, and they were 13-0. and They're not getting that berth over Oklahoma. No. Don't kid yourselves and think that they are going to. And you would have to expand out to, like, 24 teams for them to get in, right? I don't think so. Or 16? I think you can go to 8. You can guarantee one non-Power 5 team in, and then all year long they can schedule accordingly and they can work in a manner in which the opportunity is there. The system is broken. If you're App State, which means you're one of 
I don't know, three quarters of the team. At the beginning of the year, the best you can do isn't good enough. Winthrop can dream of winning the NCAA tournament. Of course, it's not going to happen. But App State doesn't have that opportunity. Right. I mean, when you think of it, what it's probably out of the, was it now, 120 teams in Division One, 117, 120, something like, something like that. that. I mean, realistically, right now, you only have six or eight teams that are in that conversation. With Right, and at the beginning of the year, Missouri can come up with a, if everything works out right, we can be in the playoffs. Sure. So if you're in a Power Five conference, that's fine. They, right. they, you know, if everything clicks, you just have to be able to dream. You have to have Cinderella. App State can't be yeah, Cinderella. No Cinderella. Fresno yeah. State can't be Cinderella. That stings. In football, yeah. It just doesn't work. And I don't care if you have four playoff teams and you guarantee one to a small guy. That'll never happen. Right. Six teams, I really don't see it working in that way. Eight, I can imagine it. Anything more, I think you get at least one playoff berth for a non-Power 5 opponent. My level of interest in college football, because of that, goes down fairly dramatically. I'll still watch the games and I enjoy them, but those Maction games on Tuesday night, if you can conjure up a way that one of those teams could dream season, put it all together, awesome. If not, yeah. why am I watching exhibition sports? And I fear, though, even though I, I hear what you're saying, that you might be uh, in a small group of people that, that, that take it that far. Yeah, and, and that's fair. I mean, obviously the sport is healthy and making a lot of money, and it faces some issues, too. But it, to me, that just takes an awful lot of the fun out of it. All right, Phil, what else do you want to talk about? Well, Anthony Rendon signed. Yeah. Big contract big with the contract. Angels. Yeah, Scott Boris said yesterday that the big money, um, the big money was still moving, and he was right. He was right. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh boy. Got another maneuver Got to make here. <laughs> another success. Another uh, three lane change. You know. And I didn't get the warning this time. I just got. Well, uh-oh. I said uh oh. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. My parents claim that that's one of the first words I ever said. Uh oh. Do you think that says something about me? Are you sure it wasn't uh, point spread or? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the beard. Oh, we haven't made we picks. We haven't made picks. Um, I haven't really looked at the lines this week. Have you? No, Who do the really. Patriots play? Patriots have Cincinnati. Um, I'm not sure what the line is. We'll have to we'll have to pass on this week and yeah, move on to we'll next pass. week. We haven't we haven't studied them and thought about them. So. Beardedcarcast@outlook.com. We'll give you our special uh, week 15 picks. Exactly. Yeah, send us an email and we'll send you our picks. They've been relatively lucrative. They've been winners more often than they've been losers. I stunk it up last week, but the Patriots stunk it up. It happens. Onward. We're back to to Charlotte and Rockwell. Ready to go home. BeardedCarCast at Outlook.com is how you can send us an email. Always follow along on Twitter at BeardedCarCast. Listen now on Stitcher.